Nothing, nothing, nothing inside. Well, there's no reason to cry. Apathetic Americans, the pathetic American show, man, for August 9th, 2022. How's it going? How goes it? Am I so glad, you know, I'm going to continue the theme of positivity. You know, as Alexi Lawless, the soccer analyst or the football analyst, analyst uh, on Fox said, you know, this is really great for the game of women's soccer. You know, so I'm going to stay positive. The fact that the United States world national team, or the women's national team, rather, I'm not a fucking, let's go Brendan here, uh, team has lost and got bounced last week to Sweden, or this past weekend to Sweden, in the round of 16, uh, after a pathetic display uh, of the round robin and whatnot, is really positive for the women's soccer. They got served a humble pie. They got asked some existential questions. They got asked some strategic questions. They got some ass handed to them of a pipeline. So from purely from that soccer perspective, this is a fantastic thing. I'm For the record, if you don't know, you haven't listened to me before, go back and listen to Let's Talk About Women's Sports episode uh, three episodes ago or so, where I talk about why I've been enjoying listening to, you know, watching the women's soccer and all that stuff. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I, I'm not American. <laughs> I have, I'm a Canadian. I'm, I'm, I've been following, you know, the women's soccer, the women's national team is like, yeah, yeah, you go, you go. And I just go like, I, I, I don't care. I think they're overly overrated. And then like, I think Canada gets no damn respect for winning the gold medal. And then I said, this is going to be the moment to show them, show them. Politely. But that didn't happen. Canada got bounced even harder <laughs> before the round of 16. Ah, it just, it just, and then they got murdered in the very last match against the host Australians. Australia, Australia. But I just like, you know what, Canada's problem, you know, is very, I'll be honest, how United States, Canada, Germany, and Brazil, oh, women's national teams got bounced in this World Cup are quite eye-opening, and then it's a very... Symptomatic and symbolic of changing of times in the world of women's soccer, which I find fascinating. And so Alexi Lalas is right. The world is getting better. The pipeline is getting better. Also, uh, this is not an excuse, but the reality is that, like, all these teams, I talked about this in that episode 329, women soccer players are getting more ACL injuries. And that was evidenced by, every, like, all these teams that are, like, losing their key athletes prior to the tournament starting, and even though they were able to join the tournament, Kelly O'Hara's of the world, Julie Ertz, was it? That's the other one? They, they clearly weren't in sync and just like out of the damn loop in how they play. And Canada was goddamn evident too. No one can score in these damn teams. Because like, you don't have that like, like you don't have that score. I have, who's the highest goal scorer in this thing? What was her name? Uh, I had her name written down yesterday. Let me pull it up here. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, she's just research, goddamn doing, you know. Um, yeah, so, anyways, it, I think it's a six goals in total. Who, who is this? Oh, Hinata Miyazawa. 
She was born in 1999, and then I just read that. I go, Jesus, this girl scored six girl, uh, six girl, six goals in this tournament. You know, leading on the Golden Boot race, and I just go, Spain, Japan, France, England look really good. And then everybody's favorite they said was either United States or England. But I don't know how United States have been a favorite. If we, let's let's talk, you know, let's talk at this uh, soccer level in a little bit. I wanna I wanna pause for a second because this had just. The criticism, Jesus, I can't speak for words. I'm, I'm not organized today. The narrative is the fucking, the right-wing nutjob people going like, go woke, go broke. Therefore, they would make it. And then the real answer to this is like, okay, it's Megan Rapino of her image and her whatever aura, good or bad, left or right, like that people are hanging on to. And I gave my criticism of Megan Rapino. Like, on that episode in 329, I will say that it's awfully, awfully ridiculous to get the criticism that, like, people like Megan Kelly, you know, Don, Don, the convicted, you know, um, and all these right-wing people are like, I'm glad that my American team lost. And then I'm like, and then all these soccer analysts are in this country are going like, what the hell? And then men clearly don't want to, like, speak up in the to the honesty that desired. For example, Alexi Lawless. It's like, he's just beating around the fucking bush talking about this. The only American soccer, like, pundit, I'm going to use a British lingo here, that has spoken with some honesty and truth with respect to soccer, not politics, goddammit, is Carly Lloyd, who has called out for this team, this United States woke women's soccer team. <laughs> woke. I just do that because it's hilarious to do it more than I really believe. But I'm going to get to that in a little bit. The attitude coming into this tournament is absolute shit. If I were the, like, I'm speaking like I follow the women's, like, team so closely and disappointed. I like the outrage to be pointed at, the lack of performance. You know, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's like, it's just like, all these people is like, well, Megan Rapino, this and that. And I'm like, you know what? Some of what, like, SJ Dub. Social justice woke shit, you know, doing that. Like, and I just go like, you know, I'm not going to knock for the political positions because they're not all bad positions. That said, if that has taken over the complete image of the team and then the team seems to have embraced it, instead of focusing on what's on the pitch, they just go like, you're, all, you're not addressing the problem of what's been on the field. It's like weak-ass midfield. Weak-ass passing game and a weak-ass fucking goal scoring that you haven't shown for fucking two and a half years to a point where Canada fucking won the gold medal on the fucking, you know, luck. But, Jesus Christ, Sweden made it to the World Cup final, or the Olympic final, rather. And then they bounced them. So, and then all these Republicans that are going like, you know, I'm going to sound like, you hear a lot of knucklehead takes. That are hilarious, which tells, which I feel positive and actually happy about. Like you hear, you know, Bill Simmons calling Alex Morgan kind of like the coach's daughter. I, I just, I like that analogy that he was making. He wasn't saying Alex Morgan as a criticism of it was a coach's daughter, like Michael Bradley to Bob Bradley on a United States soccer team. He's more going like Alex Morgan has been somehow propped up as this like magical perennial goal scorer who hasn't scored that much in the 2010s yet. 
she's on the front line of this thing, and then she fucking missed a penalty kick against Vietnam. And I just said, see, not only in Canada they miss a fucking kick in, a, in the penalties, you know, but I digress. And then you get, like, fucking Bill Simmons talking about the, was it Dan Lepatar? And then, like, everybody's talking about it, and, like, this is an utter failure. And then some of them are like completely lack of complete lack of understanding of the fucking game, you know where they completely missed, you know compared to their other counterparts in the world, and the fact that we are at that point to criticize this team from your sports personnel is a fucking advancement rather than not giving a shit when they lost twenty eleven to Japan, and just for context on how long ago that two thousand eleven World Cup Women's World Cup final between. U.S. and Japan was, the leading goal scorer that I mentioned from Japan, remember her name, Hinata Miyajawa? She was fucking 12 when the final was happening. Can you believe this shit? 12-year-old watched that. And then people back in 2011, the level of internet buffoonery was just making Pearl Harbor jokes. Well, we may have lost this one, but we still won the big one. <laughs> Which was fucking hilarious. And then, and, but now, we're at a point of polarization. We just like stuck to that level. Instead of criticizing the game where it didn't come through, blah, 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 you know? And then it's just like, you got, you got all these like sports, whatever, the talking heads talking. And then it's hilarious. And I go, you know what? The fact that it, it, it's become under, you know, mainstream consciousness of it, that's fucking great. Um, but these Republicans, like Megyn Kelly, were like, I'm, I've been never glad that my country's team has lost. What kind of unpatriotic bullshit is this? Like, this is so stupid. And then had to, Colin Coward was like, hey, Republicans are just mad at everybody, which is absolutely right about. I don't agree with Colin Coward out of all things so often, but he's absolutely right. What did he say? Quote, Republicans these days are mad at everybody, but like Disney, wokeness, Joe Biden, and the United States women's national team. He's absolutely right. The fact that like, hey, and then uh, you ask the soccer people, it's like, wait, wait why, where is this coming from? And Alexi Lawless said on a Twitter, like, look, this team is, like, very unlikable to a portion of America. And I just go, right, so we're the San Francisco 49ers. So was Jesse Owens at one point. So, you get that. But then the, it, like, it's just like, it, it, we go back a century to a point where these people are actively rooting against their fucking nation is unfucking believable No one is mad at like, these people are, I'm glad these women lost. You know, and, you know, where I come from that I got mad at the United States women's soccer team is like, man, shut your, shut your pie ass up. You haven't done shit the last three years. You're, you're, like, I'm talking strictly on a soccer level. I'm talking about strictly on the execution performance level. You ain't no better. You believe in your fluff fucking tournament, she believes cup, and all that shit. I'm not talking politics here, once again. I'm talking sheer fucking soccer output. What have they fucking done in the Olympics? Nothing. What have they done? Who the fuck is their star other than Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan, who both of them are, like, gonna retire probably anytime soon? This team has no fucking Kelly O'Hara, you know? I just go, look at attitudinally, I will say. Did this wokeness go over their head? Possibly. Because I, like, I watched this United States team after I watched the Canada games matches, and I just go like, dude, I'm not impressed. I watched the Vietnam match, and Vietnam did really fucking great. And they hung in there, and they fought to the end as far as they could. 
Well, women's team over here, I thought they were like lackadaisical and fucking dogging it. And then I know it's not like, hey, like it, what you see on the pitch is not all that's happening in the locker room. But I just go attitudinally, I just go like, something's amiss here. You get this like nice Fox ad and stuff. For I'm not criticizing them for wokeness and all that shit. You should. Otherwise, why does FIFA have like stop racism and all these? Everyone should play all that stuff. You should. But the very fact that like they're riding on this without like fucking achieving anything, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It's not the politics. Politics is a second peripheral like fucking symptom of like this general attitude of winning, which Carly Lloyd spoke upon. I wish more people. I'm sure. A lot of the people like, God sakes, fucking Hope Solo, Abby Wambach, fucking Mia Hamm, Randy Chastain, all these old people, Kelly O'Hara, who was on this team and was actually yelling, like, come on guys, let's fucking go. So late into the fucking extra time against Sweden, I just go, where the, why the fuck is Megan Rapino wearing the captain's band if she's not gonna go rah-rah on this shit? This is America. At least Canada, Chris, like Christine Sinclair, she tried playing. Megan Rapinoe, Christine Sinclair, they're both 40. The rest of them couldn't fucking execute. You know, Germany getting bounced is also hilarious. And then by the South Korean team. And then I just go, man, this is a repeat of 2018 Men's World Cup round robin in the Group D, was it? I just go, you know, from now on, FIFA should rig it. So that Korea and Germany are never in the same group together because neither will ever make it. And who's on the bigger heartache of this at the end of it? Germany. Korea's just glad that like they got a consolation out of it. <laughs> Twice in fucking six years, five years at this point. It's hilarious. That's why I love watching this. And at the same time, I just go like Germany, US, Canada, Brazil, all got fucking. Like, got their humble pie served. I'm glad. I want to watch the rest of this tournament for that reason. I'm glad. I'm actually enjoying this progression of it. So, these Republicans. I'm just glad they're my. The Google broke. I just go like, did you even watch the fucking match? You didn't. Megan Kelly. Like, did you watch this shit? I, I know this is how you get your fucking views. Because you got nothing else left after flopping so hard on today's show. So you're going back to the old trope, but do you really believe this shit? Are, are you a fucking patriot? I am mad that these team lost. And I'm mad that like, what should have she should have said was, I'm more glad that no Republican should come and be like, I'm more glad that like Megan Rapinoe is retiring and on such a down note. What they should have said, at least be a traditional fucking Mitt Romney Republican. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's like, I'm disappointed massively that the United States of America has lost. Not even making to the final. And the wokeness, you know, it completely took over the narrative of it without looking at the actual, you know, flaws of this team. And then, like, you know, like it just, like if they said something like that, I'd be like, I think that's perfectly reasonable. But uh, again, we're dealing with a lot of unreasonable, illogical, fucking conspiracy theory ridden, last hurrah of fucking populists that are not even populists anymore. They don't even call it a liberal anymore. But let me get back to the soccer a little bit. You know, I'm going to stay positive. The coaching and managing of this fucking team with this strategy, with the, what, Athletic did the best article on this. Kimberly McCauley did this. 
uh, the, the headline goes, the, the USWNT's prayer circle formation is tough to watch, but winning isn't impossible. Well, it turns out she wrote this before the round of 16 began. And what was it? Yeah, this was just written before the round of 16 against uh, Sweden. But basically, this team is like, United States cannot hide, like, they scored four goals over the four matches. Really, four goals over the first three matches. And what the attacks are supposed to look like versus Portugal, and then the what the attack looks like tactically. So, possession side of it. I'm just scrolling through here because I don't want to read the whole article that's 12, 15 minutes long. So what is actually happening 95% of the time the United States has a ball? Uh, from then on, U.S. looks sloppy and struggle with their passing. Yes, their passing was dog shit. I noticed this in Vietnam also. Midfield shape and movement is the most glaring issue in the U.S. at the moment. The team is regularly taking up the stance I'll call the prayer circle formation in which everybody's occupying a space on the perimeter of the pitch that no one and no one's in the middle, which means there's a fucking midfielder fucking missing. Intelligent and tactic technically adapt players who regularly show the ability to combine the tight spaces in tight spaces at the club level are being made to appear inept as they look up for passing options and find no one. I actually noticed this with like fucking Canada also, and I just go like those who looked at uh you know like, who played at the club level in Europe and stuff, I just go, they're just looking and trying to pass. It's like Messi trying to pass a bunch of Inter-Miami bumps. And then I go, like, can you fucking catch this shit? Or do I have to give a two-step wait? It's a common symptom I saw all these, like, Premier League players, like, when Clint Dempsey came over, Michael Bradley came over. And my common feedback every time on the MLS for the last 15 years is, like, yeah, they're tad steps slower for them to complete the fucking pass. And then, and then what I'm noticing is that like countries like Vietnam and Portugal and also Nigeria are really good at just like collapsing on this like one midfielder, just like one steamboat, two steamboat. And then they got really better at like just collapsing on American, Canadian, German players at a much higher level and more intensity than previously. In that sense, the world has gotten better. I was surprised how chippy Vietnam and Nigeria got against two North American teams. And I think they were shook. Because they're just, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then they're not getting foul calls. The United States team just raising their arm. The first five, ten minutes, I was just like, get the fuck up. This ain't 2011. You know? So, and then, and then uh, Kimberly has a nice uh, pictures. And then the, like, Horan and, like, fucking missing zone. Just, like, wide open tactically. Nobody's there. You know? And then it's like Portugal just surrounding everything. Yeah, it's there. I hate, uh, what was it? So, in conclusion, there's no second option. There's nowhere to pass a ball. People aren't catching up into the open space enough. And it's just, it just tactically bad. Trying to go for long, mid-range passes that nobody's going to fucking get to. And then as soon as, as, as soon as the ball is fucking locked, you see all these Nigerian, Colombian, Moroccan, like Portuguese women come surround you and come I'm like fucking lemmings at you. Oh, go, oh shit. <laughs> and somebody like Julie Ertz, Kelly O'Hara, like, ah, fuck me. And then they get clipped and hard, chipped very hard. Referee's not going to make the call because they want to make this a fucking fair play. You know, you know they say in 2015, honey, this is pre-Brexit. This ain't pre-Brexit, yo. 
So in conclusion, the Kimberly wrote in the final part of this paragraph, the United States women's national team has faced constant criticism for not playing fast enough. And I'm not sure how they're meant to do that without hoofing it up long up the pitch. The players are having to stop and think because there aren't available teammates to pass to. Teams that play fast with short passes on the ground are able to do so because their teammates make themselves available for passes. Yeah, move the fuck on! I, I was yelling at the TV for like Canada doing this too. This problem does not originate with the players, player on the ball, but with the players off the ball. Basic 101. I hate the left side bias. This is a great article. This is a great article. I'm gonna put the link in it. The United States team built up leans extremely heavily to its left side, not the liberal side. <laughs> Dunn uh, had a team leading 72 touches in the match against Portugal, while Fox, her counterpart on the right side, had just 42. So you just go left, and then like, all right, she like. It's just—it's a lot of load, and it's is easily predictable where the plays they're trying to make happen, not building to happen. Because clearly, you can't pass anywhere. Midfielder can't do shit because nobody's fucking there. All right, let's go to the side. Oh, let's go to the left, and then like, where are you gonna go from the fucking left, yo? And then these other countries working their asses off to like fucking <laughs> play hard, and they do better, but they don't go anywhere. They just keep advancing the ball down the left side, passing to Smith or run by Morgan or Horn. Ran. I saw the same thing with, what was it, Hudema, uh, and then, um, who's that other one? And Canada. And then I just go, they're just, ta they're just going, they're not creating chances, and they're, they don't know what to do. Hey, do I get it to the center forward over here, to Christine? They try, but they can't. They're too slow. Canada was slow, too. United States' inability or unwillingness to work the ball into midfield or play a switch at the right side after early buildup makes them predictable and easy to defend against. It also means fewer touches and less time on the ball for Lavelle, the team's most impactful creative playmaker. I would try to engineer a system that gets Lavelle on the ball as often as, as, often as possible instead. So, long story short, this is a lazy ass, not well coached, and just stunk, just hoping that sheer whatever 2019 you know, talent they thought they had that just could power through them. And honestly, this is the same story that I saw with Canada, Germany, and Brazil. It's the same story. And then it's the same pipeline issue. And I just go, all these people retire, they got to go, and then like the next in line, I kind of strategically look at it and ask the question like, Who's the next creator of these balls? Like, the like United States women's team also is like, you got all these people that are creative and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure they're talented, and then I'm sure they get the playing time. But I also kind of go like, where, where do you go from here? Where do you go from here? I think that's where Alexi Lalas, Carly Lloyd, and all the United States football pundits are asking the questions. Like, you need to, like, really up, like, change the mindset here and move on from the past. This has nothing to do with being woke and all that. Has that impacted some of the egos in the locker room? Absolutely. I can see that on the fucking pitch. When Megan Rapino misses a penalty kick, and then, like, even in the Portugal match, everybody's, like, smiling, dancing, and, like, taking pictures. I just go, like, don't worry, we can do this. I don't see a sense of urgency. Canada, at least, like, they try to show a sense of urgency. They're just tired. <laughs> they haven't played together. They can't, they, it's like, they can't. They can't. U.S. team was an exceptional, utter failure that should be criticized 
for the lack of lackadaisical attitude on the pitch, off the pitch. The woke is not the problem. Woke is whatever. Woke happens to be an unfortunate collateral damage to it. And Megan Rapino should keep her head down. She's wearing a captain's band and fucking smiling. It's all about her. And she didn't deliver jack shit. I think that's a fair criticism against her as a soccer player and the captain of the team. I know like some people process disbelief differently and the shock. So I'm not gonna say that like, oh Megan Rapino didn't like and you know didn't mind losing or something. But it also makes me go, come on. You know, you think other like Harley Lloyds of the world, Avi Wombox of the world, they're like they look at her and be like, Megan, come the fuck on, man. Like if you have that like if you have that discussion like that, they will have that discussion. I wish they do. And I wish people would kind of focus and talk about it in that sense. The woke thing, it's just a byproduct of unfortunate attitudinal behavior that has caused this team really not focus on what's on the pitch. And even for the head coach to really get in there and be like, come on, ladies, let's move the fuck on. Create some fucking plays. And unfortunately, that did not happen. I think they got, a real, they got some serious questions to answer. In that regard. It's like when Ronda Rousey was dominating everybody. Then she got knocked out once. And she took such a long time off. Never advanced her fighting style. That clearly passed her. And that. That. Honestly. I look at United Soccer Nations. uh, Women's soccer team. Same as uh, Ronda Rousey. In her prime. Into this invincibility. And mental game of it. And then just like not changing up the philosophy so much. To a point where, like, she, Ronda Rousey's when she came back after Holly Holm fight, you know, I just she came back and said, "I'm gonna swing at fucking Amanda Nunez," and I'm like, "Why? Head movement, head movement." The United States was doing the same thing on this thing. I'm just gonna go in there with my sheer will and my ego to win this. I'm in the best shape of my damn life, and then that. There's a lot of peril here. <laughs> I will say that. I'm going to leave my rant here. Again, it's good that they're getting served a humble pie. But the political narrative is absolutely, utterly ridiculous around this thing. And people cheering for their own countrymen, countrywomen, on that matter, is also fucking unpatriotic and ridiculous. I would scorch these people, too, on the side. Like, dude, this team is divisive politically, yes. But you're just like... I would, somebody should stand up to them that way and just criticize them as a soccer thing, which Carly Lloyd fortunately has been doing. I think more of that, more of that has to be said. I guess Bill Simmons kind of did that, although his analogy of like Alex Morgan is a flagship forward in this thing. And I go like, I get where he's going, but it was also a weak ass argument. But, you know, I just go, whatever, man, there are a lot of tactical failures on here. So what do you think? Am I overreacting here? You know, should I boycott? You know, if the women stop drinking Bud Light and then not dye hair, you know, blue, kind of like a Bud Light color, would they have won? No. This is the stupidity of Americans right there. They're like, politics, man. Politics. And I go like, right, FIFA itself is fucking political to begin with. And you know what? That ego didn't, I'm not going to say absolutely that had no impact on this team. Because it clearly did egotistically and from the attitude of how people are, you know, 
these players are approaching on the field. And I'm going to talk to about talk about this like I talk about men's sports. I think that's a justified thing to advance the sport from the side of positivity. Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, well, email me at a-o-at-log-log.com. Stitcher's going away, but you know this show's still in the Stitcher until it's out. You know, Stitcher goes away. You know, sunsets on August thirty-first. But will this show be around after Stitcher? Ah, uh, probably. Yeah. But anyways, let's see. We'll check back next week. Peace out.